1: And this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. So first with us today, we got Tank.
2: Hey, how's it going? Hope everybody's summer's going right.
1: And also with us today, we got Dan. What up, what up? Welcome to the podcast, fellas. It's been a while.
2: Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Word yeah, it's been a
1: minute. That is kind of the reason for today's episode. So I know we haven't released the episode in a little bit. And uh, so we want to address that. But first, uh, we'll kick off with some drinks first. So Tank, you got something to drink today?
2: Yeah, I got a uh, Sheboygan Brewing Blood Orange Honey. We've had it on the podcast before. It's a good brew. You can usually find it for 10 bucks a four pack. Um it's all over Michigan. I'm not sure I was going to look and see where else it was distributed, but I haven't I didn't do that before we recorded. So, but anyways, you can find it you can find it all over Michigan. It's one of those um entry level craft brews. If you were going to introduce somebody to a good tasting craft brew that had never had one, this one's good because it has some sweetness, it has some flavor, but it's not crazy overpowering on the alcohol or heaviness. So you could give it to them. They could probably dig the flavors and, uh, you know, maybe get through a whole can if they never had one. It's one of those beers I buy when I can't make up my mind on what else because the quality is usually pretty decent and the flavors are really balanced on it.
1: Nice. It's a good, solid default beer. You know, you're not going to be disappointed with it.
3: Yes, sir. There's quite a few different uh, blood orange things coming out. Lately, I've noticed a few different beers, a little, a lot of like uh flavored drinks using some blood orange.
1: Yeah, that's uh Sheboygan Brewing, they definitely hit something with that blood orange, though. Has been a big one over the last uh last season or two.
2: Yeah, blood orange is one of those flavors where it's 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 citrusy, but it's not too bitter, it's not too sweet. So, it's a good like middle road citrus that you could kind of throw in anything, you know. So I can see why they they pick it for mixing in with cocktails and brews, especially nowadays where everybody's trying to get like drunk and keep it low calorie. So it's one of those ones where, you know, I'm sure just a little bit of that flavor goes a long way in whatever you're doing. So that's not surprising that everybody's been on kind of a blood orange kick. Yeah, the
3: last beer I think I had on the podcast was a blood orange. I wasn't sure though. I can't think of uh, can't think of what it was, but it was a local beer. It was blood orange, too. But uh, today, I'm going with the uh, opposite of blood orange. I'm going with chocolate peanut butter, baby. I've never had this beer. It's called Sweet Baby Jesus. Nice. And uh, it's from Duclaw Brewing Company, which I also like that name, Duclaw. So the names are on point. It's from Baltimore, though, so it's not local, but I won't hold that against them.
1: It's somebody's local.
3: Yeah. It's five o'clock somewhere. It's local somewhere. But uh yeah, it's a porter, of course, peanut butter chocolate. So should be good. I've never had it. This is my first sip. Mm, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> no, it's uh it's good, it goes down smooth. It's uh 6.2 alcohol, so it's not crazy, but it's a bit more than a light beer, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, but it's good, so we'll see how it hits me by the end of this episode. I got a little cooler full of them, so I'm
1: set to jet, MacGruber. I got, my son just recently started working at Founders. Oh, word. Yeah, so he's working at the Founders uh, in Midtown. Okay. Oh, shit. And uh, I got this all-day vacay. Which is, you know, Founders has their All Day IPA, which is a session style IPA. Which I'm not a huge IPA fans, but those are the kind I like, is you know, kind of easy drinking ones. But the All Day Vacay is a session wheat ale. Oh, all
3: right. I definitely like the Vacay more than the normal All Day ones.
1: All right. Uh, so, like I said at the beginning, uh, we haven't released an episode in a while, so. Uh, I've been doing the podcast for about two and a half years now, and we never took a break and I know I don't put out uh, episodes consistently every week, but we've been doing four four episodes a month for six months now, and uh just kind of got caught up in the the everyday stuff like I have a full time I know this is hard to believe, but this uh podcast isn't my full- time job.
3: <laughs> turns out we don't quit our day jobs. oh, you <laughs> sons of bitches. <laughs> No, but um, we're more of the workers that take, like, a lot of 15-minute breaks. We don't take, like, an extended lunch break, per se. This time, we took us a little siesta.
1: Yeah, so I had an opportunity, and this this summer's been especially busy. And, uh, you know, but I also failed to uh, mention that at some point, and I realized it's now been weeks. I, I realized when people started hitting me up, like, so did you Uh, did you cancel the podcast? I knew it. You and Dan really hate each other. You guys are always arguing. We knew it. Someone stabbed someone over a DEF CON and now the podcast is over, right? I knew it was... <laughs>
3: uh, see, you forgot the cardinal rule that George Michael taught us all. It's you wake them up before you go-go. You don't leave them hanging on like a yo-yo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I decided to take a month off and then the end of July is rolling up and I'm like... I don't know. That was pretty cool. Like, maybe I should take off August, too. So either way, we're uh, definitely going to be taking July off. But we wanted to do this like a state of the podcast union just to let you know nothing's wrong. We're just taking some time off. I'll probably do some re-releases or something in the meantime. So at least something will come uh, come up on the feed in the meantime. But it was nice to at least have people reach out to realize, like, oh, shit, motherfuckers are really listening you do love me but when we do uh when we roll it back so we're either gonna get fired back up in either august or september i'm not sure but uh we got a lot of making some changes to the way we do stuff but uh, i think it's all gonna be really cool and we might actually have more content coming out as far as more consistently you know it might not all be hour and a half episodes but i'm gonna break it down a little bit more and uh i think it'll work out good for the podcast but his double C's
3: content consistently.
1: Word. But since we are getting together to make the uh, State of the Union, we figure we should at least uh, chase in the dragon. You know what I mean? I got to get, get my, my fix in and tell a story about somebody to somebody, but we'll do it a little bit different today. And today we're not going to be covering a bad guy per se. We're going to be covering Gennaro Anthony Sirico Jr.,
0: this ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend.
3: It's a whole lot of names.
1: Indeed. Oh, shit. So we got Gennaro Anthony Sirico Jr., AKA Tony Sirico, AKA Paulie Walnuts Galtieri.
3: In full disclosure, I did just uh... because he. Spoiler alert, died recently. And we talked about it how, like, I really haven't heard much about it. It made me go down a little YouTube rabbit hole. So, uh, yeah, I got a little look into the behind the scenes of this guy, definitely did have an interesting life.
1: Yeah. So that's why we, I figure we talk about it. And that's why, like, I originally kicked it off. I wanted to say right off the front that we're not covering a bad guy because he did just pass away, you know, and I'm not trying to uh, slander the dead. <laughs> um, but I wanted to do kind of the opposite. So he passed away July 8th, 2022, 79 years old. And he had a definitely a crazy life story. And I figure it's still relevant to the show because he's a major role. If you're a gangster fan, you probably watch gangster movies and uh, shows. So he played Polly Walnuts and Sopranos, which is like iconic gangster stuff. And figure we kind of take a look into the life of Gennaro Anthony Serico Jr.
3: Oh, you don't have to justify it to us. We did a homeboy from The Godfather.
1: And he was oh, yeah. Lenny Montana. Actor, so. so Tony Sirico, he was born July 29, 1942, in New York City. Uh, his family called him Junior. And he grew up in uh, the Bensonhurst neighborhood of Brooklyn. His brother Robert would grow up to become a priest.
3: No shit. <laughs> what is this, like, an old school, like, mobster movie? The one brother goes to the priesthood, the other one becomes a gangster?
1: It's so funny. That's the first thing I thought when I heard that. No shit. No, re- no wonder he plays this iconic gangster role. That's a paint by numbers gangster story.
3: See? And I'm or a
1: politician <laughs> or something like that. A priest, a politician, <laughs> something on the, the right side of the law.
3: See, that's something that I'm good enough at uh, references to throw out the situation, but I'm not good enough at references to name a single movie that that's a thing. But I know I've seen a bunch of movies
1: where that's the thing. Well, I know there's a show called Brotherhood, which was about Irish gangsters in like Rhode Island. And it, it wasn't a priest, but yeah, with the one brother was a gangster and the other one was like a councilman. And it was pretty cool. So Tony Sirico went the other direction, or Junior as his family called him. He quoted one time in Cigar Fishing. in 2001. He said, I grew up in Bensonhurst. There were a lot of mob type people. I watched them all the time. I watched the way they walked, the cars they drove, the way they approached each other. There was an air about them that was very intriguing, especially to a kid. Did this guy open the
3: beginning to Goodfellas? It's (laughs) almost exactly what Ray Liotta's opening monologue was. He literally was living a gangster movie. (laughs) He should have just ended that with, you know, they were Goodfellas. (laughs) That was the exact thing. So, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that is the... The archetype, too, you grew up watching these gangsters, they got all the flashy cars and like, yeah, I can bust my hump for medium paycheck, or it could be one of these guys in cool suits driving around a Cadillacs. Oh, yeah. And that was like the fucking pimping times to be riding around in
2: a big-ass American ride, too, man. I always say it. I know I'm probably not the only person to say it, like, I wish I was born back then so I could ride around in 50s and 60s cars. But, I mean, he, he was born in 42, so we're going to put him 58, he's 16. Hell man, that's like, you're, you're dreaming of all the sweet rides. You got the the 55 Chevys out there riding around. You got people with their hot rod 30s, mm-hmm. Fords and stuff. That's a sweet time to be a teenager, man. So I bet the uh, gangsters are rolling around with some sweet whips.
1: That's the era of what we think of when we think of classic cars. Most of those are like, you know, your 50s hot rods and stuff or your muscle cars and shit like that.
2: And that was like the the early beginning of it, too. So growing up in his 20s, he's got the 60s rides and stuff. That's a sweet time to be a gangster. Maybe if not, I don't know if he was a gangster or not back then.
3: So it's not his fault he went into crime. Have you seen the cars?
1: Right. (laughs) First time he ever got in trouble was for stealing a handful of nickels from a newsstand. Ooh, the sticky bandits. He might, it might have been the first time he got arrested. He at seven. Oh, damn. They took that shit real.
2: They're like, no, fuck that. You ain't <laughs> going back into the store to take back the fucking bubble gum you stole. You're going straight to fucking jail. Jesus Christ.
1: He attended Midwood High School, but he didn't graduate. So he at least made it to high school as far as education-wise. But he basically said. He got to running with the wrong crowd, and it was kind of attracted to his street life, and was just hanging with the gangsters that he grew up watching in his neighborhoods, basically.
3: And that really, I mean, even going all the way up to the seventies, it wasn't all that crazy. To just drop out of high school if you had the job. There's a lot of people that in that time were like, "Well, no, you go to high school, get a job. I already got a job. Why I just drop out?" Today, you think of like, "Yeah, you graduate high school today." It's almost weird to not go to college but back then to hear like yeah he just dropped out of high school and did other things that was pretty common
1: definitely so as it kind of gravitated toward the streets he said in our neighborhood everybody was trying to move their way up the pecking order he said you had to have either a tattoo or a bullet wound and i had both so he did construction for a while it seems like he spent a few years in the army in the early 60s before going back to the streets but the whole rest of his life, he'd always be be like a huge supporter of the USO and support uh, the troops and that kind of thing. So his thing was extortion and robbery were kind of his two biggest rackets that he was into. So he uh, was like
3: Paulie Walnuts in real life. He was just a strong arm guy. Yeah,
1: he is very much a strong arm guy.
3: Give me what I want or I'll fuck you up.
1: It seems like at one point he owned a discotheque that came out when he was at trial at one point. Over his life, he got arrested 28 times.
3: This guy's just living the mobster dream.
1: The 28 arrests included disorderly conduct, assault, robbery, and extortion. Some people allegedly say he was a Colombo family associate.
3: I assume if he was this big into crime, he was associated with one of the families. You don't do this much extortion and owning businesses and all this shit in that part of town without... Rubbing elbows with at least one of the
1: crime families. Well, right. That's why I would assume like, yeah, associate. Yeah. If you're doing crimes, you got to kick up to somebody, right? You're in fucking Brooklyn. That, that neighborhood's definitely spoken for.
3: And associate. I mean, I would wager a guess that he was in cahoots with them. But even if he wasn't, associate is a very loose term. Like cops will throw that on you if like some members of that crime family like just hung out at his club. They'll be like, oh, they're going to bottle service? Oh, they're, they're associates. Damn, I got a right. question. What do you guys think?
2: So say you are a, more than associated, you know, like say, I don't know, say you're made and then somehow you make it into a movie. You think you got to kick up your movie salary and shit?
1: Oh, definitely. <laughs> Damn. <Yeah. laughs> if, if you watch The Sopranos, uh, the one guy, Eugene, he kicked up part of his uh, lottery winnings. He won the lottery or something like that. <laughs>
2: That's some church shit right there. That's some, uh, you got to
3: That's 20% of everything, man.
2: Yeah,
1: off the top.
3: Man, they're like a marriage. You got to pay that alimony forever. In
1: 1967, Sirico did 13 months for on After Hours Club. And then in 1971, he pled guilty to a felony weapons possession. And he was sentenced up to four years. He was sent to Sing Sing, where he ended up doing 20 months in Sing Sing.
3: I mean, if this is mobster bingo, I mean, we're getting some full cards here.
1: That is how you make a mobster.
3: Nightclub, he grew up that part of town, went to Sing Sing, arrested 28 times, did an opening Ray Leota monologue.
1: We always joke that going to jail is like going to gangster college or whatever. Well, if that's true, going to Sing Sing, that's like going to Columbia.
3: Do they know that he didn't even graduate high school? They just admitted him into college.
1: So while he was in Sing Sing, there was like a troop of ex-prisoners turned actors that came to the prison. So they showed up and they uh, put on their performances and Tony Serco was watching it and he's like, well, shit, I could do that. He reached out and started learning how to act in prison. And then after serving 20 months in Sing Sing, he got out and he kind of had two options. Go back what he had been doing or go into acting. So he decided to try and throw himself into the the lifestyle and uh, started taking acting classes and started going out and taking roles, trying to learn how to be an actor.
2: That's great, man. That's like a sitcom right there. The connected Italian mobster guys got to go get acting lessons.
1: So. One of the best stories I heard, he was telling this story about when he first got out of prison and started taking acting classes, and he was like, I was this felon. I was like a legit villain, and I was going to these acting classes, and it was just these young, fresh-faced kids that are just coming to New York to try and be actors, and he's this legit gangster fresh out of prison for the second time. And he said one time he was at acting class, and he did a scene, and it was good, and everybody clapped or whatever. And afterwards... The teacher leaned in and said, hey, Tony, next time leave your gun at home. And, <laughs> and, he's, and he said, I just so used to carrying a gun. He said, I hadn't even thought about it. I didn't even realize like, oh, I'm going to acting class. I probably shouldn't take my gun with me. He just was up in acting class with a piece doing a scene. And shit.
2: <laughs> That's the kind of shit I'm talking about, man. That'd be, oh, that could have been the episode, right? An
3: episode right there. He was like, no, no, it's my muse. I need it. <laughs>
1: In 1974, he got his first two roles as an extra in a movie called Crazy Joe, which is about Joe Gallo. And then he was an extra in Godfather 2. So that's when he was like, fuck yeah, I can do this. I can play a gangster in any movie you need. And it's kind of what he did, was he proceeded to play a gangster in, in all kinds of movies. He played a cop a couple times. He played a, he played a cop in Dead Presidents.
2: No, I think I remember that. I mean, that like you're talking about like the mid '90s movie Dead Presidents or late '90s movie Dead Presidents.
1: Yeah, with uh, yeah. Chris Tucker and
2: yeah, I think I might state. It wasn't was a big part, right?
1: Right. Yeah, that yeah. was his specialty back then. Was kind of small, small roles in uh in L.A. and New York. That's called a working actor because if you're in these towns where there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on even if you don't get big roles you can go do a lot of day roles and stuff to where even though you don't have a huge part where you're playing the same part all the time you're acting consistently it's just you play a dead guy on this show an extra on this movie uh you're just kind of bouncing around yeah you just show up for the day on set and like work for the day and go home Well, and a lot of actors would do it like there'd be the situations where they didn't even care what they get paid. They'd have to take a role so that they could uh, keep their insurance or something. Or sometimes even they just do it to hit the craft food service. Oh, yeah. They feed you on set. I'm in. Let's do it.
3: I'm a broke actor. I need them cold cuts, son.
1: He ended up getting credits in 45 movies and 18 different TV shows over the course of his career, two of which he was in both Goodfellas and Casino. So he's in Crazy Joe, Godfather 2, Goodfellas, Casino. He's one of the guys that a lot of people sleep on. Guys that were in all kinds of gangster movies. He's played a lot of fucking gangsters in a lot of gangster movies.
3: Yeah, I mean, besides The Sopranos, I mean, that was really his breakout thing. Till then, he was really just, uh, oh, that guy. Like, he was one of those that you just
1: sort of see in all the classic mob movies. Tony Sirico passed away on July 8th, 2022. He had 79 years old An assistant living home in Fort Lauderdale. I am yeah.
3: almost made it to 80.
1: His birthday is July 29th. So it was like three weeks from his birthday. Uh, and I know you guys obviously know what he looks like, but I got some, uh, some older gangster pictures here for us to look at. These are all pictures of young Tony Serico. Oh, shit. <laughs>
2: The suspenders picture and shit. That's, he, he must have been on set because like he's got like some leather boots, like some white pants, and then just suspenders with no shirt and shit. That's like a pretty uh, specific getup. That's yeah. what
3: I'm, That's it's just, just beach wear. That's just, just a normal day at the beach. You don't wear high leather boots at the beach with suspenders <laughs> and white pants? I wish I could.
2: You know, I, I wish say- I could
3: pull, pull that shit off, man. I, I would do it. I will say it's a good, uh, it's a slick move to put your hand between the suspenders and your abdomen, yeah. just to use it as a little sling for no reason. That's definitely a choice. But no, uh, it's one of those things that I've always seen him as an old man. So to see him young, it's weird because you can see him in him, but he also looks so fucking different. Yeah.
1: This picture of him in the lawn chair. That's like me. at. That's how I go to the beach. Like in pants with a button down. And, <laughs> and a, a big belt. Yeah, a beer. You see, he's got pinky rings on each finger, on each hand. He's got a watch and a bracelet. That's that old school fucking mobster look for sure.
2: See, and I was just questioning it. Like, I mean, you know, who goes to the beach like that? But I, when I go to the beach, I go swimming and shit. He'd probably been like swimming. I ain't going swimming. <laughs> ain't going
1: swimming. Come on. I just came to sit in this chair and enjoy my day at the beach. What are you talking about? Why well, would I go swimming? What are you talking about swimming? Look at these shoes. <laughs> Two funny stories of him on the uh, Sopranos. So for one, he, uh, he said he'd do whatever. If they, he didn't want to get killed, but he said if you got to kill him or he'll do whatever rolls, the only thing he wouldn't do is play, he wouldn't rat.
3: All right. Hell yeah. I could dig He ain't no snitch even in the pictures.
1: I'm not. I won't even act like a snitch.
3: See, I like that. Some people got dumb shit. Like Vin Diesel wants to never get beat up or something. Some people never want to play the villains. He's like, no, no, I'll do whatever. You can, you can film me smacking a baby around. I don't care. Kill me off. I'll do. I don't care. I ain't no fucking rat. Damn
1: straight. And my favorite, favorite Tony Serico fact was he was the only person on The Sopranos. Everything got done, makeup, costumes, everything, by everybody else. He was the only person that did his own hair. (laughs) No one was allowed to touch his hair. So he (laughs) he did his own hair at home and then came to set with it done. And then they'd do the costuming and everything else around it. I mean, you can't fuck with perfection. That's great,
2: because you know that shit's probably had to been rode up into a contract or something sometime at one point. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. no snitching, and nobody touches my hair. Other than
3: that, I'm pretty much open. Yeah, it's old Italian men and black women. You don't touch their hair.
1: <laughs> All right, well, before we wrap this up, you guys got anything?
3: Am I right to assume? I remember it's been years, but even in The Sopranos, when uh, – this is, well, fuck it, even if it is a spoiler, this man was as old as shit. But when Tony kills Pussy and they go through that whole thing, Paulie was the one person who was definitely like, nah, fuck it, he's a rat, kill him. Like, he had no qualms, like, there was no emotional, didn't matter at all. He was just like, nah,
1: he's a rat, fucking kill him. That's the way it is. He had no sympathy. Not only did he not feel bad, he was mad at him. He said, I treated him like a brother, and that's how he does me. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean i think i've made it pretty clear on this show like i forgive a lot of murders and shit but as soon as someone turns snitch on this show i'm immediately like i'm out i cannot condone this
1: you're the tony syrico of the bad guy <laughs> yep don't they- touch your hair and no snitching
3: yeah don't touch my scalp because
2: i have no hair i mean since since we we're you know talking about his life and whatever uh was he a single dude you ever hitch up with anybody have any kids or anything
1: uh he had a couple kids, so he was survived by his brother and two kids.
3: Okay. I like how you preface that and said, like, well, I mean, since we're talking about his life and everything,
1: like, <laughs>
3: yes, yeah, since we're doing the
1: show. Um well, <laughs> did you see him with no shirt and those no suspenders? I was clearly funny. he has a couple fucking kids somewhere
2: <laughs> i was I was gonna make a joke about not being able to hold a man down in fucking suspenders like that, but i mean,
3: <laughs> I mean i'm I'm with you, yeah, you can't hold him down when suspenders are holding him up.
1: <laughs> People are trying to fucking get laid with a tattoo or a bullet wound. He had both, okay, he's slaying the ladies
2: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: All right. Hopefully this will hold you over a little bit. Just to let you know we'll be back. We're just taking some time off. So if we do some re-releases or whatever in the meantime, that'll just keep the feed active. And most of the people that have been listening to the re-releases usually dig them. The only person that complains to me about the re-releases is my wife.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. I was embarrassed once. I didn't think we had two that that we did two authors when we re-released the author one. I was like, Oh, sweet. And then I it started up and I was like, oh, no, I've already listened to this one before. And I was kind of embarrassed that I forgot, but I was like, ah, fuck it.
1: All right. Well, so this is Say Hello to the Bad Guy. Thanks for coming and thanks for listening.
0: I'm bad. My mama had to be dad. Spent my birthdays in the trap. We had to work with what we had. she been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man. Plus, my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the can. Man. and I don't need a hundred friends. I just want a hundred bands, a hundred jokes, a hundred scams. Ay, ay. So, out of money, grab the hundred hams. Out of money grabbed a bunch of <clears throat> And I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the missiles Fuck a judge with a grudge, I'm blowing crud for my mental ay. And I still keep it on me Run into your big homie, first you meet your dead homie Ayy. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. The good guy coming last place, last place last You smell that dope last when last I pass by, by. I like my money had a fast pass I ain't let my money at a fast pace, look like I drag race Control re up reopen my ashtray, I'm in my bag yeah. Good girl, bad face, slim no waist and her ass fake yeah. And she in love with the bad guy yeah. But bad bitches never act right yeah. She act up until that bag fly Get a turn around in one night yeah. Say hello to the bad guy yeah. The good guy coming you smell that dope when I pass by. by. I met my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. good guy coming last place. You smell the dope when I pass by. I met my money at a fast pace.